Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, the greatest radio shows of all time. Suspense. The Shadow Node. Washington calling David Harding, counter-spy. Classic radio theater. The Great Gildersleeve. Fibber McGee and Molly. Dragnet. Gunsmoke. The Lone Ranger. Now, step back into our time machine with your host, Wyatt Cox. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. So I just broke down and cleaned up the computer, opened it up, and blew out the dust from the inside, and then reconnected everything up. And yeah, everything seems to work fine. But now, <laughs> now I'm finding all sorts of junk on the desk, and it's not dust. So it's a mess. But, uh,. We'll head out west where there's lots of dust this hour uh, in an hour of Western Adventure on this Tuesday with Gunsmoke and Frontier Town. And thanks for joining us on this Tuesday, 10th day of October, 283rd day of the year, 82 days left till we get to 2024. The Great Hurricane of 1780 killed 20 to 30,000 people in the Caribbean in 1780. In 1845 in Annapolis, the Naval School uh, opened with 50 midshipmen and student, midshipmen students and seven professors. It would later be renamed the U.S. Naval Academy. 1877, Lieutenant Colonel George Armstrong Custer given a funeral with full military honors. 1913, President Wilson triggered the explosion of the Gamboa Dyke. Uh, thus ending construction on the Panama Canal. Premiering on this date in 1957, Zorro. Zorro, 
By the way, I know a number of our friends listen to us uh, through YouTube. Uh, may I encourage you to download the Spreaker app or uh, go to Spreaker or go to our webpage, classicradio.stream, to hear our podcast, and I'll tell you why. It appears that uh, there are a number of entities that are coming after us claiming that we are airing copyrighted material. And as such, uh, many of our YouTube uh, videos are being um, either muted or canceled or something. So uh, if you notice that our shows are not there uh, on one day or another, I suggest strongly you go to the tube of uh, go away from the tube of views and go to Spreaker or go to ClassicRadio.Stream. But anyway, uh, that was Zorro, the final network broadcast was two years later, July 2nd, 1959. 78 episodes of Zorro produced with Guy Williams starring as Zorro. Simon and Garfunkel released the album Parsley Sage, Rosemary, and Time on this date in 1966, which had the hit Scarborough Fair and Sounds of Silence on it. In 1971, Soul dismantled and moved to the U.S. The London Bridge reopened in Lake Havasu City, Arizona on this date in 1971 on which it can be preserved, just to sell it in its entirety. You wouldn't consider selling it piecemeal then, you know, I understand you may have had some offers for lampposts or balustrades. Yes, we've had several offers from private individuals. Does that mean that the bridge would be dispersed over a wide area and you'd lose its uh, individuality completely? American entrepreneur John P. McCullough purchased the bridge, which was outdated and needed to be replaced. The 1831 structure was sinking into the River Thames. Local politician Ivan Luckham, whom you heard there, thought because of the notoriety of the London Bridge, it could be sold. McCullough paid $2.4 million for the bridge, and one only could wonder how much it cost to transport it from London to Lake Havasu City, Arizona, where there's no waterway to get it in there. Uh, 1973, Vice President Spiro Agnew resigned on this date after being charged with federal tax evasion. God does reign. I thank him for the opportunity of serving you in high office, and I know that he will continue to care for this country in the future as he has done so well in the past. The government at Washington does live. It lives in the pages of our Constitution and in the hearts of our citizens. And there it will always be safe. Thank you, good night, and farewell. Sparrow Agnew became the first U.S. vice president to resign in disgrace that same day. He pled no contest to a charge of federal income tax evasion in exchange for the dropping of charges of political corruption. He was subsequently fined $10,000, sentenced to three years probation, and disbarred by the Maryland Court of Appeals. Agnew would die in 1996 of leukemia, and thus started the big unelected president's uh, uh, whole thing, because uh, eventually Spiro Agnew would be replaced by uh, Gerald Ford, who at the time was a senator, and then uh, once Nixon resigned, the unelected vice president would become president. And the beat goes on. 1978, President Carter signed a bill into law that authorized the minting of the Susan B. Anthony dollar. And why we as Americans continue to resist going to dollar coins, uh, because it costs twice as much to mint a dollar coin. 
but that dollar coin that costs twice as much to mint lasts ten, twenty, hundred times longer. Dollar bills wear out, and and with repeated use, wear out frequently. But then we still mint pennies, and a lot of people think we should stop doing that. So, uh, let's see. Nineteen seventy-nine, the Pac-Man arcade game released to the Japanese market by Namco. 2002, the House voted 296 to 133 to give President George W. Bush broad authority to use military force against Iraq. The Senate followed suit the next day. 2008, Connecticut Supreme Court ruled that gay couples have the right to marry. 2018, Hurricane Michael made landfall in the Florida Panhandle as a catastrophic Category 5 hurricane. 57 people killed in the U.S., 45 of them in Florida, caused an estimated $25.1 billion in damage. Passing away on this date in history, Eddie Cantor. Supposing I gave you the lowdown on uh, Elaine Barry and John Barrymore wedding. Swell, swell. You know, Elaine Barry didn't come out there to marry John Barrymore. Huh? came out there to visit another romantic young actor. And when she found out I was married, she just fell right into John Barrymore's arms. That's all there was to it. Broke a heart, yes. A 1930s bit with Eddie Cantor, who passed away on this date in 1964. Yul Brenner also passing away on this date, as did Orson Welles, Teresa Graves, uh, Christopher Reeves, Alec Karras, and Cal Smith. Hello, country bumpkin. Uh, born on this date in history, composer Giuseppe Verde, actress Helen Hayes, pianist Thelonious Monk, and filmmaker Ed Wood. From E.T. and Patch Adams, ben, Peter Coyote is 82, actor Ben Barine is 77, David Lee Roth is 69, Tanya Tucker 65, uh, you heard her as the voice of Ariel in The Little Mermaid, Jody Benson 62, from Saved by the Bell and Extra, Mario Lopez is 50. Racer, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is 49 today. Uh, if, if you can boil anything from Pocono, it's it's uh, turn three, how the car gets through the center of turn three and the exit of that corner is very similar to, to the center and exits of this cor- these corners. Some of the characteristics that the car has and what makes the car work well in turn three at Pocono probably would help here. And uh, so you kind of point Greg or your crew chief in that direction and say, you know, I need I need whatever we could do or whatever we did or hit on in Pocono that might have helped us in turn three. There's some tools I would probably go to first. Dale Earnhardt Jr. talking about the Pocono Speedway. Dale Earnhardt Jr. still doing some racing at 49. And from Friday Night Lights, Amy Teagarden is 34. Those just a few of the people celebrating the 10th day of October as their birthday. If this is your birthday... Hi, we're the four freshmen, and we just want to say... Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. And we'll spend uh, much of this hour in the Wild West. Uh, We'll start off by going to Dodge City, Kansas for an episode of Gunsmoke from 71 years ago, October 10th, 1952, on this Tuesday Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox.
Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Just a moment to remind you of the MyPillow uh, 20th Anniversary Limited Edition pillows they have available right now. Uh, they are as low as nineteen ninety eight per queen size, $10 more per king size. They also have sheets, towels, comforters, bathrobes. Uh, go to MyPillow.com, use my promo code Wyatt, or call 1-800-928-4715. MyPillow.com. Now, uh, let's have a couple of shows now from 71 years ago, October 10th, 1952. We start off in Dodge City, Kansas for an episode of Gunsmoke. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers. And that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of Gun smoke. Gun smoke starring William Conrad, the story of the violence that moved west with young America, the story of a man who moved with it, Matt Dillon. United States Marshal. Morning, Miss Adam, eh? Hi, Marshal. Good morning, John. Hey, Matt! <laughs> Wait a second. What? Oh, hiya, Doc. Oh, on my way over to jail. After you. Oh? You heard about the Longhorn? No, what about it? Uh, you haven't heard or you wouldn't ask. Well, heard what, Doc? Well, um... Uh, 
I'll walk along with you if you're heading that way. Oh, as a matter of fact, I was heading that way. Hey, what's all that crowd out in front there for? <laughs> in due time, Matt. In due time. You know, Doc, there's only one thing that makes you happier than having a secret, and that's to collect your coroner's fee. Yeah, might get a fee out of this, too, for it, Silver. <laughs> uh, no wonder you're all worked up. Hey, have you, have you heard about the Longhorn? It's the dog Longhorn thing. It's the longhorn. Dog thing I ever come across. Good morning, Mr. Dillon. Uh, oh, oh, hi, Chester. Say, so you heard about the Longhorn? No. No, Chester, I have not heard about the Longhorn. What? He's upset, Chester. He's the only man in Dodge who hasn't heard. Looks so help me, Doc, if this is one of your practical jokes. Oh, no, 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 no. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> You'll see. Uh, will you pardon me, ma'am? Let him through. Uh, pardon me, please. Let me through, Excuse me. Well, Mr. Dillon? What do you think of it, Matt? Aside from the misspelled words. The Longhorn been closed all morning? Yep. Locked tight. That sign was on the door daylight. The Longhorn Saloon will open at 8 o'clock tonight with new management and a new policy. Everybody welcome. Signed the new manager, Mamie. <laughs> Mamie? That's a woman, man. Lately of Kansas City, St. Louis, and Points East. Yeah, I don't know, Mr. Dillon. My, we never had a woman running a saloon in Dodge City before. And we won't now, Chester. The boys won't let her last an hour, I'm afraid. <laughs> Be kind of fun for that hour, though. And another thing, if this Mamie is the new manager, what's happened to Herman Bleeker? Well, I don't know. He must have sold it to her. He didn't say anything about it yesterday morning. That's right. I saw him over at the liver stable in the afternoon, showing off one of them fancy vests he's always ordering. And he never said one word about it. Well, you know that little Poppinjay, he's flighty. Probably happened sudden. Uh, too sudden, Doc. Even for Herman. Say, don't think of it. I haven't seen him all morning. And he's usually strutting up and down Front Street, preening himself like a powder pigeon. He's probably upstairs there, sleeping in. Getting ready for the opening tonight. We gonna be here, Mr. Dillon? Maybe, huh? Mr. Dillon? Huh? Oh, yeah, Chester. We're going to be here. I'm sorry, boys, but she's upstairs. Said she'd be down about 8 o'clock, and that's all I know about it. Now, if you want to order anything, let's hear it. And if you don't, just shut up. Say, the boys are acting kind of rambunctious, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, she'll wish she stayed in St. Louis on points east. Say, Matt, Matt, I, I was talking to the bartender. I asked him what she looks like, and he said if he told me, I wouldn't believe it. Now, the fellow I'd like to talk to is Herman Bleeker. Yeah, well, nobody's seen hiding here him. You know, Matt, uh, I'm beginning to wonder, too. Howdy, strangers! Hey, what? Welcome to the Longhorn! I'm Mamie, the new owner. Mamie, she said, My gracious sakes alive. 190 pounds if she weighs an ounce. Yeah, that bartender was right. <laughs> I wouldn't have believed it. Boys, looks like we're going to be doing business together, so let's get things straight right in the beginning. Now, in the first place... The minute you stick your foot inside that door, you're on my stomping ground. I'm the boss of this shebang, and don't you ever forget it. When I tell anybody to hop, he hops. 
Is that clear? Now, tell you what, I aim to give the squarest deal in town. All the liquor here is going to be aged over 30 days, and the dancing girls aged under 30 years. The liquor is straight, and the girls are graceful. There's only four aces in every deck, and the cards only read from the front side. You'll get a fair shake for your money, but there ain't gonna be no fandango. And another thing... Mister! I'm talking. Well, so am I, old battle Excuse me, boys. Oh, looks like it started, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, wait a second. He paid for his drink? Yes, ma'am. All right, you walleye little maverick. Come on! <laughs> Throw his head out after him. <laughs> now, as I was saying, boys, I just won't stand for no fan dangling. Now, maybe some of you figured I was wearing this six-shooter for a decoration. When I just cast your eyes on that Ace of spades, I got tacked up on the back wall. Now! What did you see? For the land's sakes, did you see that draw, Mr. Dillon? Yeah, and she got the card, too. Oh, the boys won't give her no trouble, man. All right, boys, the first one's on the house. And it's the last free one you'll get. And the only credit I give is for funeral expenses. Belly up, boys! Well, sir, Mr. Dillon? Chester, I want to talk to Herman Bleeker more than ever now. Hey, you know, she's big enough to... Uh, well, I'll bet she forced Herman to sell. Yeah, maybe. Doc, I'll be right back. I, uh, I want to talk to her. Oh, that you was nothing, boys. Oh, you're the marshal, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's right, ma'am. My name's Dillon. Proud to shake your hand, Mr. Dillon. Well, thank <laughs> Thank you, Miss Mamie. <laughs> Welcome to Dodge City. Mighty decent of you to express the sentiment, Marshal. I reckon you won't get much business around the Longhorn. I'll take care of any trouble that's around here. Uh, it'd be quite a change. The boys used to push Bleeker around every now and then. Oh, that runty little prairie dog. I, uh, I didn't know he was planning to sell, Miss Mamie. He must have made up his mind in a hurry. Yeah? I made him an offer and he took it. Just like that. Uh, he found himself some new living quarters, I suppose. Oh, yeah. He moved right out last night. Oh. Mm -hmm. I, uh... I wonder where he's holed up. Huh? There, there are a couple of things I'd like to see him about. Well, now, uh... I'll tell you, I'm afraid he left town, Mr. Dillon. I think he said something about taking the Santa Fe to St. Louis now that I remember. Oh, I, I see. I see. Well, that that's too bad. I, I'd sure like to have seen him. Uh... Well, I'll probably drop in now and then, Miss Mamie. Sure! Anytime, Marshal! For you, it's on the house! <laughs> Thank you. Well, what'd you find out, Mr. Dillon? Let's get out of here, Chester. Coming, Doc. Uh, sure, I. Oh, yes, with both ears a flapping. <laughs> well, boys. What do you think of her? Oh, my gracious, Mr. Dillon, I sure would hate to meet her in the dark. Oh, why, she's got a voice like a buffalo. Ain't it awful? 
It just itches your ears, don't it? Why, the woman's a human monstrosity. I still haven't seen Herman. Huh. What'd she say, man? She says she thinks he left town. Oh, she Chester, I want you to check all the rooming houses and hotels along Front Street. I'm going to go to the railroad station and the stage lines. I'll meet you over at the jail. Huh? Yes, Mr. Dillon. Say, Matt, I think Herman keeps a horse over at the Liberty Stable. Yeah, I, I thought of that, Doc. I wonder, would you, would you be good enough to look into that for me? Why, sure, I'd be happy to. You know, Mr. Dillon, she is an awful straight shot. Yeah, Chester, I know. Oh, uh, yeah, come on in, Doc. Ah, well, his horse is still over at the stable. He didn't tell them anything about leaving. He didn't leave, Doc. Mamie came in on the 9 o'clock train last night. Only one train out after that around midnight. He wasn't on it. And he didn't buy a ticket on the stage uh, either. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, yes. Yeah, now, what did I tell you? Matt, that settles it. Yeah, of course he... May have moved into one of the hotels. No, sir, Mr. Dillon, I'm afraid he didn't. Oh, uh, well, what'd you find out, Chester? That nobody in this town has seen Herman Bleeker since around 9 o'clock last night. Matt, I knew I'd get me a fee out of this, one way or the other. Well, don't spend it yet, Doc. <coughs> what? Buenos noches, senores. Oh, Manuel. Um, come on in. Gracias, come on in. senor Dillon. Well, what's on your mind? Pues, senor, I was at the railroad depot when I hear you ask about the little one, uh, el senor Bleeker. No. And the other, the senora. Oh, there is much woman on that one. <laughs> well, there's no argument there, Manuel. Senor, last night I have seen something which is strange. No? I am come home very late, uh, one hour, two hour before dawn. Uh, I was visit a friend, you understand? Uh, yeah, yeah, I understand. You see, I am walk home in much hurry, and it is very dark, senor. When at once I see this lantern in the arroyo behind the Longhorn Cantina. Oh, a, a lantern, you say? I am think, what is this? So I wait, and this lantern is come toward me. And when it is close, oh, this woman who I have no see one like her. Oh, what a scare. Well, what was she doing in the arroyo? I do not know, but, but it's one thing I forget. She has carried something in her hand. Well, what was it, Manuel? A shovel, senor. You find anything, Matt? Well, there's something here, Doc. But I can't quite... Hold the lantern over here, will you, Chester? Yes, sir, Mr. Dillon. I found something here, if I can just... just get it loose. Lantern all right, Mr. Dillon? Can, can you see what it is? Uh, yeah, it's, it's fine, Chester. Yeah, I got it. Oh. It's a boot. Yeah, here, here's the other one. Yeah. All that fancy stitching. Matt, those are his. 
I've seen them on him. Yeah, so have I, Doc. Yesterday, in fact. Here, take him, Chester. Yes, sir. There's a bundle of some kind here. Oh, you found the body, huh? No, it's it's clothes, I think, Doc. Let's have a look. Yeah. That's all there is, too. The hole doesn't go any deeper. That's hard pan on the bottom there. Hold the lantern down, Chester, and let me right. let me get this unwrapped. I'm not so sure about that coat, Mr. Dillon. A lot of them like that around town. Yeah, I know, but take a look at this fancy vest. Oh, that's Herman's. Nobody else in Dodge City'd ever wear a thing like that. Well, from the looks of it, he won't be wearing it again. We will return for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment. But first, the escape car speeds from the scene of the crime, and the victim notes its license number. Police investigating the case discover the car has an ironclad alibi. That just begins the excitement on tomorrow night's Gangbusters program. It's the case of the twice-parked car, an authentic crime story taken from actual police records. Don't miss Gangbusters, presented by CBS Radio tomorrow night over most of these same stations. Now, the second act of Gunsmoke. Coming, Doc. You know, don't rush me, man. Don't rush me. I haven't made one of these blood tests in years. <laughs> if you ask me, I don't see any use in making one now. <laughs> well, let me see. Pour the precipitate into here. What other kind of blood could it be except human? Doc, I only want to be sure, that's all. All right, all right. Now, let me see. Five drops of the sulfate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, you sure look uncomfortable, Matt. <laughs> well, how would you like to try arresting that lady, Doc? Not my job to arrest her. <laughs> All I'm doing is stopping up these loopholes Matt's trying to wiggle out of. <laughs> well, that's real decent of you, Doc. Real decent. <laughs> no, sir, Matt, I don't recall you ever being in such a predicament. Oh, of course, I remember the night you shot it out with the Barkley boys over in the Alafaganza. There were three of them. And you did not turn a hair. <laughs> and then that other time when you got dry gulched by the Platte River gang? All right, Doc, all right, all right. But this is different. If I go to arrest that woman, she's just crazy enough to start a gunfight. Oh, it's a problem. It's a problem, all right. Now, let's see. We'll just shake this up and warm it a bit. Yeah. You know, there is one thing, though, Mr. Dillon. Shooting at a mark's not the same as a gunfight. Maybe she wouldn't even resist. Do you really believe that, Chester? No, sir. Oh, she ain't a woman. She's a human catastrophe. <laughs> she sure is from that. <laughs> well, there's still a chance we may be going off half-cocked here. That blood could have got on Herman's vest a dozen different ways. Uh, we'll soon see. Uh, let's see now. 
couple of drops of reagent. Uh, one, two, three, four. Ah, yeah, yeah. And we'll look for the color change. So, turn up the lamp a little bit, will you, Josephine? Uh, all right. Oh. Well. <laughs> My. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Doc. Well, it's tough luck, Matt. <laughs> it's human blood. Hey, Matt, I thought we was going over to the Longhorn to talk to Mamie. I'll come to jail. Ah, she'll keep, Doc. She's not going anywhere. Yeah, looks cut and dried to me, Matt. It might not if you were in my shoes. Uh, come on in, boys. You know, Mr. Dillon, when I talked to the barkeep, Finnegan, he said that when he showed up this morning to open the saloon, that woman was already inside waiting for him. She told him to come back at 8 o'clock tonight. And he didn't see no sign of Herman Bleeker. Oh, well, there's another nail in your coffin, Matt. Doc, if you keep this up, I'm going to deputize you and take you along with me. He, he sure can have my job, Mr. Dillon. <laughs> no, you don't. I will not lift a hand in anger against a woman. <laughs> Especially that woman. Keep thinking we could still be wrong. Somehow. Oh, real diehard. Look, now suppose Herman hurt himself some way. <laughs> How? And he wanted to get away by himself and, and, and recuperate. Where? And suppose he, he, he didn't want anybody to know about uh, it. Why? So he decided to stay with some friend. Who? And, well, maybe... Uh, come on, Chester, let's go. she is at the end of the bar. What are you going to do, Mr. Dillon? Take her in, Chester. Maybe she'll talk when she's arrested. i got to get that gun away from her some way. It's not going to be easy. Yeah, it's got to be done. I've never drawn a gun on a woman yet, and I'm not starting now. If I could just manage to... I don't know. There might be a chance. Stick close to me, Chester. Yes, Mr. Dillon. Well, Marshal! Mighty glad you dropped back in. I was just wondering how you were getting along, Miss Like Mary. a kid with two tongues and an all-day sucker. Say, now tell me, did you find that little weasel Herman Bleeker? I, uh, I thought you told me he'd left town. Oh, well, I was just guessing, Mr. Dillon. He said something about planning to. Here, step up and have a shot of poison. Uh, uh, no, no, thank you, thank you. As a matter of fact, I came back here for a particular purpose. Chester and I have a little bet on it. Uh -huh. Mr. Dillon, we... What kind of a bet is it, Marshal? Well, it was uh, about that shooting trick of yours, hitting the center of that playing card, you know. Chester figures that it was a fluke of luck. He's betting me that you can't do it five times in a row. Well, we'll soon settle that. The card's still up there. Stand aside, boys! Mamie's gonna limber up for shooting irons. Get out of the way! Get down there, Curly! All right. There's one. Couple of them. You're doing fine so far. How am I doing down there, boys? 
All dead center so far. Say, uh, you there, whatever your name is, uh, what do you think of your bet now? Well, I, I, I guess I just kind of lost my head, Miss Mamie. <laughs> well, three down, two to go. There's four. And one more. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, what are you stopping now for, Mamie? Well, I got some uh, rules I go by, Marshal. One of them's never to fire my last shot and leave my gun empty. Oh, I, I see. Well, I, th that's a pretty good idea, I guess. Sorry to lose your bet for you, Marshal. Well, uh, uh, I'm convinced. Well, I guess that didn't quite... Ah, uh, Chester. <clears throat> uh, Miss Mamie, I, uh, I, I guess you're not a gambler yourself, huh? Who says so? I'll take a fair bet at even odds any day of the week and twice in Philadelphia. Well, in that case, I'll make you one. I got a pretty fair gun here. Or at least I thought so till I saw yours in action. Well, I'd say yours every bit as good as mine. Well, then how about a bet? Your gun against mine on the one-cut high card, huh? Well, now, how? I, I didn't... Of course, it's all right with me if you'd rather back out on it. Who's backing out? You got yourself a bet, Mr. Dillon. Finnegan! Shuffle us a deck. Okay, Miss Mamie. It's a better a fight. Mamie never backs out. Uh, there you are, Miss Mamie. Now, who goes first, Mr. Dillon? <laughs> Ladies, always. All right. If your friend Lester will cut him for us once. It's Chester. Never Chester mind. Cut proud. the cards. Yes, sir. Uh, Ma'am. Now, let's see what we've got. Ah, Jack of Spades. That's not bad. Plenty good, Marshal. Plenty good enough to beat anything you could... King of Diamonds. All right. I'm beat. Fair and square. You won yourself a gun. Ah, thank you. Here, Chester, will you take it? Yes, sir. And now the handcuffs. Here, no! Maybe you're God. under arrest. Uh, why, you of all the sidelines, you jump across and backhanded Maybe. Uh, now, you're going to stay fastened to me until I get you in a cell, so you might as well make the best of it. Why, you... And as far as that's concerned, you'll be safer in jail than out of it once word gets around. People what? here in Dodge City thought a lot of Herman Bleeker. That little sort of groundhog! That's no excuse for killing him in cold blood. What? You heard him, Mamie. You killed me. Bleeker! This, 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 this is the biggest, biggest night of my whole life. To hear somebody finally shut Mamie up and make her like it. The marshal's a gentleman, you little weasel! He knows how to talk to a lady. And, 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 and here you say how much the town thinks of me, Mr. Dillon. What's this all about, Herman? Well, I... I'll tell you what it's uh, all about. Yes. This little grub worm ran out on me in Cincinnati three years ago. Like to broke my heart. I've been hunting him ever since, and last night I found him. I wailed the living daylights out of him. <laughs> yeah, he looks like it. But why did you bury his clothes? Mr. Dillon, would you want to be married to a man that dressed like that? She, she pretty near murdered me, though, Mr. Dillon. I've been up there in bed all day, just too bruised and embarrassed to hobble downstairs. Oh, we had our ups and downs, Marshal, me and Herman. 
You know how it is. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Chester, give me the keys to the handcuffs, will you? Yes, sir. I got them right here. In... Well, I guess they're over in the... What's the matter, Chester? Oh, Mr. Dillon, when we were digging out there, I guess I must have lost them. Chester, can't you file that thing any faster? You might just well relax, Mr. Dillon. Took a half hour to get that one off Miss Mamie's wrist. Oh, no. All right, all right, but just hurry. We... I'm a filing as fast Matt, as I can. Matt, huh? Matt, Matt, Miss Mamie gave me this bottle of Irish here to make the waiting a little easier. And it's Jameson's. Oh, well, fine, Doc, fine. Uh, Chester, let that go for a minute, huh? And open it up. Yes, sir, Mr. Dillon. Hey. Can you imagine it, boys? Little Herman Bleeker married for years to a woman like that. I don't want to imagine. Oh, I'd get nightmares. Here you go, Mr. Dillon. Oh, thank you, Chester. Doc? <laughs> thank you. Ah. Well, gentlemen, here's to the weaker sex. Mr. Dillon, which one is that? Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by Les Crutchfield, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in the cast were Jeanette Nolan as Mamie, with John Daner, Ralph Moody, and Byron Kane. Parley Bayer is Chester, Howard McNear is Doc. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. As colorful as a Western roundup and twice the fun, that's the Gene Autry Show, which comes your way every Saturday evening over CBS Radio. It's one of radio's most distinctive programs, flavored to taste with songs of the sagebrush and melodies of the mesquite country. The Gene Autry Show is 30 minutes you'll enjoy, packed full of comedy, songs, and the genial personality of the one and only Gene Autry. The whole Melody Ranch gang is on hand to entertain you tomorrow night, every Saturday night. So tune in the Gene Autry Show and hit the pleasure trail over most of the same CBS stations. Clancy Cassell speaking. And remember, Broadway is my beat brings you startling mysteries Saturday nights on the CBS Radio Network.
don't often hear a good comedy on Gunsmoke, but that sure was one today. October 10th, 1952, Gunsmoke here on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. In just a moment, the news of this date from 71 years ago when Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox continues. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for tuning in to Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox on your favorite station. Listening to an episode of Gunsmoke and Frontier Town as they originally aired October 10th, 1952 in the newspapers of that Friday, 71 years ago. These were some of the headlines. South Korean infantry drove the Chinese Reds from the summit of Forbidding White Horse Mountain into a bitter battle of cold steel on the distant approaches to Seoul. By frontline estimates, the Chinese had spent 8,000 casualties in winning the height some 50 miles north of Seoul, but they could not hold it in the pre-dawn melee of bayonets, club rifles, rocks, and grenades. Pan American Grace Airways said yesterday $50,000 in cash was stolen yesterday from a four-engine passenger airliner, apparently as it winged its way from Miami to Lima, Peru. The Panagra office in New York said a bag containing the money ripped open and the cash was gone when the DC-6 landed in Lima, uh, Lima rather, last Sunday morning. Spokesman said after checking, Panagra believes the money must have been stolen in flight. Governor Adlai Stevenson said last night government teaming with uh, free and daring men can lift America's production to $475 billion a year within the next decade. The Democratic presidential nominee declared a new day is dawning in an address prepared for delivery at the Keele Auditorium in St. Louis yesterday. Stevenson made it abundantly clear that the opportunities he sees ahead along America's new frontier can be realized only through policies and programs embraced by the Democrat Party. The U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of Illinois testified yesterday he earned between $86,000 in uh, outside legal fees between 1945 and 1951 and that he overlooked $5,000 of this sum in making out his income tax return for 1945. 
The witness, Howard L. Doyle, added he recently filed an amended return reporting that $5,000. Called before a House investigating committee, Doyle testified his income from private practice was almost twice as large as the salary he received from the government during the six-year period. But Doyle said his private practice was entirely legal and did not involve cases which concerned the federal government. General Dwight Eisenhower declared last night that the question of using federal government loans to bolster local health insurance plan should be thoroughly examined, but he repeated his firm opposition to socialized medicine. The Republican presidential candidate surveying the whole field of Social Security legislation said in a speech prepared for delivery in Los Angeles, Our doctors will be among the first to admit that at present too many of our people live too far from adequate medical aid that too many of our people find the cost of adequate medical care too heavy. He said voluntary nonprofit hospital insurance plans have been expanded at an amazing rate, but he continued, neither of these systems nor the administration's proposal for national socialized medicine cover all the people. Comedian Martha Ray hospitalized in Miami Beach yesterday immediately after arriving from Jamaica very, very ill from what her doctor described as an intestinal disorder. Police yesterday captured a giggling 17-year-old strawberry blonde. They said masterminded robberies in New York City, netting $10,000 in three weeks. She led the gang in one holdup and carried a gun herself. She was Margaret Mary McDonald, whose big blue eyes and honey-colored hair belied her role of juvenile gun mall. But she broke out of a training school. Police charged she led four men in seven holdups of hotels, bars, and a supermarket since September 17th. She planned them, but let the men carry them out most of the time, detectives said, although she herself carried the gun in a robbery in which a night clerk and a guest at the Narragansett Hotel were forced to turn over $114 in jewelry valued at $2,500. Co-eds in five new dormitories at Alabama Polytechnic Institute at Auburn blush when they look at a goldfish bowl. They know how it feels to live in one. A chivalric southern gentleman hinted that all was not as it should be with bathroom windows in the new dorms. The window panes are designed so a girl taking a bath can see out, but outsiders can't look in. The windows were installed backwards because the factory put handles on the wrong side by mistake. And those some of the day's top news stories as reported in the newspapers of Friday, October 10th, 1952. On your radio now, uh, after Gunsmoke, we will go to Frontier Town, starring Jeff Chandler, also from 71 years ago today, October 10th, 1952, when Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox continues on your favorite station. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Why in the world they build a Jeff Chandler as Tex Chandler in this show, I'll never know. But what I do know is that on this date 71 years ago, October 10th, 1952, 
The, the Bruce Ells produced Frontier Town uh, broadcast this episode that you're going to hear, along with Wade Crosby doing a, uh, a, te- uh, a W.C. Fields uh, impression, affectation, if you will, of uh, Cherokee O'Bannon. And let's listen to this episode of Frontier Town and Todd Ford. Frontier Town, the saga of the Roaring West. Frontier Town. El Paso, Cheyenne, Powder River, Tombstone. Frontier Town. Here is the adventurous story of the early West, the tamed and the untamed. From the Pecos to Powder River, Dodge City to Poker Flat, these are the towns they fought to live in and lived to fight for. Teeming crucibles of pioneer freedom. Frontier Town! I'm Chad Remington. <laughs> never heard of me? Well, a lot of folks have never even heard of the town I come from. Dos Rios. Means two rivers. And if Dos Rios sounds peaceful, well, it's no more peaceful than any other frontier town. Good folks and bad. God-fearing and evil. And I know. Because not only am I a rancher, but I'm also the town's only lawyer. Take the other day, I was perched on a keg of horseshoe nails, swapping yarns with Cherokee O'Bannon out in front of his livery stable and ragging him about the time he used to be a medicine man. Doggone it, Chad. No good lawyer'd say a thing like that. No, sir. That there is slander, libel, and mayhem. Oh, go on. That genuine Cherokee Indian rattlesnake oil you used to peddle couldn't cure a hop toad of warts. My friend, and I've given you the best of it. My rattlesnake oil was an absolute and positive cure for 376 diseases of men and bees. <laughs> and guaranteed. Guaranteed, he says. Well, if my father hadn't saved you from that necktie party, the... What's wrong, Chad? What are you staring at? That rider heading this way, you notice how he slumped over in the saddle? Tan my hide and call me buckskin. What do you think's wrong with him? If I'm any good at guessing, he's been shot. Come on. Six inches lower, mister, and that lead would have gone through your heart. I guess this is my lucky day. Yes, sirree, bub. You were playing in real luck. Not only that Chad spotted you, but that I just happened to have a bottle of my genuine Cherokee rattlesnake oil. Here, take another little swallow. Oh, now, wait a minute, Cherokee. It was all right pouring it down his mouth when he fainted, but no conscious man's going to drink that stuff. I'll have you know it's very tasty stuff. Besides, I wasn't going to charge him for it, Chad. I'll say you were not with me here. Now, uh, what was that you were saying outside about filing for a piece of land? Uh, yeah, that's why I rode over here to the county seat. 
You see, I've been prospecting over at Big Strike. Uh-huh. Struck a fine, rich claim. But I guess Rocky Carew found out about my strike, too. Rocky Carew? Now, who would all got get out as Rocky Carew? Not only don't we know who this Mr. Carew is, but we don't even know your name. Uh, maybe we better start from the beginning. This is Cherokee O'Bannon, and my handle's Chad Remington. I'm supposed to be sort of a lawyer. A lawyer? Garson, maybe I am lucky. My name is Ford, Todd Ford. Mm-hmm. And if you can help me straighten this out and get my claim filed, I'll pay you any fee you want. Well, I'd be more than glad to help you, Todd, but I'm not that hard up for fees. Uh, who's this fellow Carew you mentioned? A black-hearted buzzard who moved into Big Strike about a month after they struck gold. I see. He claims to be a miner. The only thing I've ever seen him do is hang around the town saloon. The Bonanza Bar. Spending money and living like a lord. Mm. Well, you can't knock that to me. That crew character sounds like he's plenty smart. <laughs> I'll say he's smart. Never working, never prospecting. But he owns six or seven of the richest claims over there. It's mighty funny the way certain prospectors have either vanished or have been found with their toes pointing up in the air. Well, I thought we'd seen the last of claim jumpers. You think Carew's responsible for that bandage we just put on your shoulder? Of course. Why, it's as plain as a nose on my face. And just about as red. It's an open and shut case. Cherokee, you stick to your doctor and leave the law business to me. Well, how about it, Todd? Do you think Carew tried to bushwhack you? Carew or one of his gunslingers. Why, I'll mow him down. I'll drill him so full of holes that when he stoops over, he'll wheeze like an accordion. I'll fill him now, so just full a of... minute, Cherokee. You may get your chance later. But not till we first try to settle this under the few processes of law that we enjoy out here. First thing I suggest doing, if Todd's able to walk, is to escort him down the street to the recorder's office and doggone well file his claim. The land office is two dusty blocks down Dos Rios' only street from where Cherokee keeps his livery stable. With Todd Ford's shoulder bandage, we walk slowly past the familiar stores with the false fronts half dozen saloons, which even in the early afternoon were going full blast. We just passed Ben Minton's Lucky Horseshoe Cafe when I felt Todd's arm stiffen under my hand and was holding him. His steps, which were slow to start with, suddenly faltered to a halt. Hold it, Chad. Hmm? Wait a minute. Now, if you're getting weak, son, it just happens that I brought along a bottle of my famous Cherokee rattlesnake oil. No, it ain't that. You see that big fella just tying off that black horse? Yeah. He's from over my way. Name's Big Jake. Hangs out with Rocky Carew. From the sweat on that horse, I'd say he'd been pounding leather to get over here. To get over here in a hurry. Well, like you say, I'm not a barrister. But if there are only four shells left in that six-gun of his, he's the vulture who plugged Todd Ford. I bet he is. I just know it. We're not getting any place standing here gawking at him. Let's walk. When Todd spotted Big Jake, we were about a hundred yards away from the land office. Walking slowly gave me time to size him up as he knotted his lines around the hitch rack. Big Jake was a big man, all right. Big and with a chest on him like a hogshead. Big and as mean-looking a gent as any I'd ever seen. He spotted us coming and turned quickly and started for the land office. I let go of Todd's arm and trotted toward him, getting between him and the door before he could open it. You, uh... Wanting something? Yeah, I was. 
You mind if I look at that gun you're wearing? I, do. I sure do. It'll save some trouble. Uh, I ain't got no troubles. But I have. You see, I'm a lawyer here in Dos Rios. I was just retained by that young fellow with a bandage on his shoulder. Oh. Well, counselor, since I'm no man to argue with a lawyer. Sure. Here. Here's my gun. Uh, see in court, counselor. Maybe. Like I said, Jake was a big man. And I had a lump on the top of my head the size of a mallard's egg where he'd hit me with the butt of the gun I'd been fool enough to ask to see. By the time Todd and Cherokee ran up and I came to, Mr. Carew's gun hand had had enough time to get into the land office, record his claim, and out the back door. The land office registrar was sympathetic enough for all the good it did. Well, I believe you're right enough, Chad, but as a lawyer, you ought to know that the first fellow to get in is a fellow whose claim we got to recognize. Of course, but like all other rules, there are exceptions to that one, too. Exceptions, my eye. Where Rocky Carew is concerned, this way of getting claims is a rule. Eh? What's that name again, young fellow? Carew, Rocky Carew. Yeah, that ain't the name he filed in. No, it's the name of, uh, wait a minute, let me see here. Yeah, the claim's filed in the name, uh, Jake Hunbright. Sure, that's his name. Big Jake Hunbright. You'll have to excuse me batting my long eyelashes like this, but it sure seems like this polecat Carew gets out of this as free as a lark on the wing. He might, but not if Jake sells Carew the claim later. That's legal, good and legal. Well, if that's legal, and Cherokee's right, Carew gets out scot-free. Carew gets out scot-free if and providing we're unable to prove that he hired Jake to dry gulch you on the way over from Big Strike and instructed him to file on a claim you'd discovered. And that, believe me, ain't going to prove easy. No, sir, it ain't going to prove easy at all. Well, you're right about that. Since we can't prove anything here in Dos Rios, I think we'd better be... Chad, I, I sure appreciate you wanting to help. But I reckon it's just a waste of time. I guess mine is just another claim Carew and his gang got to jump on. No, my interest in this isn't entirely unselfish, no. When Big Jake clubbed me with his gun, he didn't raise just a bump on my head. He brought out my bump of curiosity. Now, come on, we're going back over to the livery stable and pounding up dust on the trail of Big Strike. <laughs> For that bad shoulder, Todd, if we're going too fast for you, just sing out. No, I'm all right. And the way I feel, I don't feel like singing, out or otherwise. Madam Songbird, you listen to Dr. O'Bannon. If you found one gold claim, you probably find another. Where there's one, there's got to be more. That's not what I mean about the gold. As we were riding along, it suddenly dawned on me how Carew happened to find out about that claim. What do you mean? I'll give you three guesses. A woman. A woman? Yeah. And I thought she was on the square with me. Eh, live and learn. Live and learn, I always say. You always say something, Cherokee. Uh, who is she, Todd? The only reason I ask is it just might help in cleaning this up. Her name's Althea. Uh-huh. Thea's what I call her, and she works over in Big Strike. Oh. I, I guess you'd call her a, an entertainer. It works in the Bonanza Bar place where Carew hangs out. When the good Lord made this world, he made 97 kinds of poison. 
96 of them can absolutely be cured by my genuine Cherokee Indian rattlesnake oil. But the 97th is the one poison that no one has ever found a cure for. And that's female women. I'll grub stake you on that one, Cherokee. Uh, were you, uh, were you in love with this Althea? If I was, it's over. But I'll bet what poke I've got left, the only reason she played up to me at all was to tip off Carew. Well, one of the things a lawyer is forced to handle from time to time is misunderstandings between men and women. A good lawyer tries to prevent divorce. Suppose we just let the whole thing drop. Fair enough. Suppose you rattle up these ponies, huh? The sun's starting to set. It's going to be dark by the time we get the big strike. It was dark, all right, by the time we got the big strike. But the lights from the Bonanza bar slanted out over the batwing doors and stabbed through the gloom like smoky yellow sabers. Inside, we stood by the doors, blinking in the unaccustomed light while Todd Ford tried to pick out Carew for me. But before he was able, a small figure in a stiff spangled skirt pushed through the crowd and ran up to Todd. Todd, Todd, I'm so glad you... Oh, what's the matter? What happened? Todd, your shoulder's bandaged. Don't look so surprised. Or maybe you are surprised because he missed. Because he missed? I'm not aiming to intrude, but Todd's had a couple of shocks today. I'll say I have. And one I'm not forgetting either. But Todd, what's the matter? You're looking at me as as if you never saw me before. I don't know about that. But I never want to see you again, that much I'm sure of. Uh, Miss, if you leave Todd alone right now, I think about it. That's him. That's Carew walking this way now. So that's Carew. Yeah, it looks more like a rattlesnake on legs. Althea, come on over to my table and I'll buy you a... Well, what happened to you, Ford? Get mixed up in a gun scrape? If he did, it was a little one-sided. I beg your pardon? I don't believe we've met. And we have now. I'm Chad Remington, lawyer from Dos Rios. I rode all the way over here just to talk to you, Mr. Carew. I don't need a lawyer. That, my friend, is a matter of opinion. However, as far as you're concerned, in this particular action, my services have already been spoken for by Mr. Ford. From the way he looks, he don't need a lawyer. He needs a bodyguard. You probably know more about that than I do. All I can tell you is we've got a few laws in this state to protect honest men from claim jumpers. Remington, if I were in your boots, I'd turn them around toward the door and I'd walk out. And I wouldn't stop until I was back in Dos Rios. Why, that loudmouth hypocritical... Our Cherokee, Todd, no. In this case, I think his advice is pretty good. Come on. Todd, Todd, please. You can't go without explaining what's happened. Get your dirty little hands off oh, me. No. Okay, Chad, let's go. Todd! Wait a second. Back, back against the wall. Dad, who flanged that shot? A oh, lawyer had called him a couple of death warrants. Had two men, see him? One's in the shadows between the alley and the saloon. The other one's in that doorway across the street. Chad, what are we going to do? What can we do? We can try shooting it out. But my best guess is we've all got a pretty good chance of spending the rest of our lives right here in Big Strike, up on the shady side of Boot Hill.
We'll return to the stirring climax of Frontier Town in just about one minute. Frontier Town. Well, the night wasn't cold, but with those gunmen blocking our paths, I don't mind admitting I was frozen. Frozen stiff. If we moved a scant few inches, the lights from the Bonanza bar behind us would make us perfect targets. I could almost hear Cherokee's knuckles as his fingers closed over his gun butt. Todd Ford drew his... Finally, I drew mine. Can you move a few inches there, Chan? This hog leg of mine kicks like an overgrown Missouri mule. The first one of us who moves gets killed. We just can't stand here. Now, take it easy, kid. The longer we make them wait, the more nervous they're... What's the matter? Someone's coming. Coming from behind us. I told you what I'd do, Remington, if I were in your boots. I figured maybe you needed a little lesson. Rocky, what are you doing here? I didn't think I'd have to tell you again. But I just came out to make sure you knew what would happen to the three of you if you thought you might want to hang around Big Strike talking about claim jumpers. Carew, your demonstration's even more convincing than my friend here used to give selling his rattlesnake oil. Thanks. But on the other hand, I never bought any of Cherokee's rattlesnake oil. That's for you to decide. All I have to do now is walk back inside the saloon. A couple of seconds later, you'll be dead. Awful dead. Go on, then. Go on back to Thea. Let's leave Thea out of this, Todd. No. No, let's talk about her. She's pretty, well put together, and uh, I imagine she's got a very affectionate nature. Why, you... Todd, keep my gun down. Yeah. So, you're a gentleman and a lawyer, huh? Well, I'll tell you what I'll do, Remington. Since you rode all the way over here from Dos Rios, your horses are probably beat. You're safe in Big Strike until tomorrow. But I don't expect to see you here after the sun sets. That's a very gracious offer, Carew. I'm accepting it. Good. Okay, boys. Let them through. Good night, gentlemen. Oh, uh, and Todd, I'll be sure to tell Thea just how much you think of her. <laughs> well, with the high court, the criminal court, granting us a stay of execution, the three of us rode back up to Todd's diggings. It was hard and cold on the ground, but I slept like a baby. I slept until shortly after dawn. Then I heard voices. I rolled over a little on one elbow and listened. I know, I know. But, Todd, I didn't come here to argue. Believe me, I didn't. I'm not arguing, Thea. I'm just telling you to clear out of here. Clear out and stay out of my life. If your gentleman friend leaves me with a life... He's not my gentleman friend. He's nothing to me. 
He's just a customer down at the bar. And a mighty good customer, I'll bet. Oh, Todd, you can't stay here now. Carew will kill you or have you killed like he has everyone else who's gotten in his way. Let's go away. Let's go someplace else together. I told you to get out of here before. Now go on. You're not making a fool of me again. Oh, Todd, please. I'm going over and wake up Chad and Cherokee. When I get back over here, you'd better be gone. Don't be a fool. I don't care what you think of me, but just get out of Big Strike before they kill you. Yeah? Maybe I will get out, but not before we found Jake Hunbright and made him talk. And we'll find him if we have to ride around this country all week. How long are we going to ride around looking for Big G? I'm so sad and sore now, my legs feel like I've been playing a second-hand cello. Well, cello or not, if we ever find Jake, what we've got to say to him isn't going to make music. Chad! Yeah? Just riding through them quakies. That's Jake now. Darting into that grove of trees, he must have spotted us. Yeah, we better knock on these... The shots came right from those aspens. Yeah, right where Big Jake rode. Come on. Yeah, Cherokee, come on, help me turn him over. You bet. That's Big Jake. I hate to correct you, Todd, but that was Big Jake. Three of those four shots went plumb through him. From the angles of the shots, he must have had him surrounded. Just like they did us last night. Well, Counselor, there goes your case. Iron a kite. Maybe. Huh? What do you mean, maybe? With Jake dead, you'll never prove nothing. And for my part, I think I'm taking Carew's advice and moving on. Now wait, there's no doubt in my mind that Carew got Jake for fear that we might get to him first. But how he knew what we were up to is beyond me. It ain't beyond me. His girlfriend wormed it out of me for him. You'd make a pretty poor judge, Todd. You'd have everyone convicted before they ever got into court. Well, how in tarnation would Carew have found out that we were looking well, for... let's J- find that out when the time comes. For now, let's find out what we can right here. Billy Blue Blazes, you believe in ghosts or something, Chad? What are you going to find out from a dead man? I don't know. Yet. But we may find out enough not only to get back Todd's claim, but to have Carew swinging from a gallows for murder. <laughs> Being a lawyer, I don't usually play hunches, but this time my hunch was right. There in Big Jake's inside shirt pocket was a map and description of Todd's claim in handwriting, which Todd admitted was undoubtedly Carew's. He'd seen Carew's markers in a couple of faro games. It wasn't much to go on, but it was enough to send us back to the Bonanza Bar for a little further checking up. I'd invite you all to sit down, but I know you three gents are leaving town in a few minutes. Soon gonna be sunset. It soon is at that, Carew. I made a suggestion to Todd that he wants to talk to you about. Yeah? Well, it better be quick. It'll be quick, all right. You jumped my claim and we know it. The sun's setting right now. Maybe my eyes ain't so good, but two minutes from now, it's gonna look dark again, if you know what I mean. 
Your eyes were good enough to see Big Jake's back out in that grove. That'll be enough, Todd. Todd, Todd, please don't be crazy. Get out. Get out while you have a chance. I'm not telling you again. Keep out of this, Thea. There's less than two minutes left now. Now, look, let me do the talking. Whatever money Todd had, he used up prospecting for the clay claim that Jake Hunbright filed on. Yeah. So I suggest to save further trouble and to get enough money to move on, Todd write you out a quit-claim contract giving you all rights to the claim for which you give him $100. Here, I even drew up the papers. All you got to do, Carew, is sign your name to it. Okay, that's a deal. Oh, thank God. Just sign your name here. All right. There you are. Now, I'll get you the hundred. Never mind a hundred now. This paper's all we want. What? That signature's the same handwriting we got here on this paper we took off Big Jake's body. Why, you blasted... You fool, let that gun alone. Rocky! Rocky, go! Why, that fool female, she stepped right into that shot. Cherokee, grab him, quick. Better drop that gun, Carol. I'll drop it after. Why, the lame fool, he just about committed suicide. Pulled the trigger just as I pushed the gun barrel up by his neck. Todd, is the... I'm afraid she's... she's... Come on, Cherokee. Let's have a look at her while somebody goes out and finds a doctor. Todd, not only have Cherokee and I got business back in Dos Rios, but I... Well, I guess we're a little awkward in a lady's bedroom. Oh, this won't be a lady's bedroom for long. My little pigeon, I'm afraid you're going to have to explain that. Even to me. <laughs> I just mean that as soon as the doctor says I'm able, this lady's bedroom's going to be out at Todd's diggings. Well, <laughs> they say that marriage is a maid in heaven. Yours certainly comes as close to proving it as any. Sawbones told me that if Carew's shot the Thea stopped, it'd been a half inch further to the left that, well... Well, even my Cherokee Indian rattlesnake oil couldn't have done any good for her. <laughs> and now, don't forget, you two. Cherokee and I are expecting a piece of the wedding cake to put under our pillars. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Ah, those pleasant dreams. Wedding cake, the good old Kentucky bourbon under my pillow. And uh, let this be a lesson to you, Todd. The most important thing that glitters doesn't have to be a nugget. It's usually a woman with a heart of gold. Frontier Town, starring Tex Chandler, is a Bruce Ells production. Story and supervision by Joel Murcott. Direction by Paul Franklin. Music written and played by Ivan Dittmars. 
be sure to be with us again this time one week from today for another fine action-adventure story with your favorite young Western star, Tex Chandler. Frontier Town came to you from Hollywood. From 71 years ago, October 10th, 1952, Frontier Town here on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. We'll head over to Pine Ridge, Arkansas and see what's going on with Lum and Abner. That'll be coming up in just a moment. In the past 15 minutes, you've been listening to Stars for Defense, a transcribed program devoted to the American tradition, civil defense, presented weekly by this station as a public service in cooperation with the Office of Civil and Defense Mobilization. Today, our star was Bing Crosby, to whom we say thanks for his usual outstanding performance. Bing, uh, how about a few parting words? Certainly, Ken, sure thing. I'd just like to add a word or two to the advice uh, given you a few minutes ago by Director Hoig. To be ready for emergency action, make sure that your car is in tip-top mechanical condition. Keep your gas tank at least half full at all times, and see that your tires are in good condition, too. Bye for now. Thanks, Bang, and our thanks, too, to Buddy Cole and the boys. This is Ken Carpenter saying so long and inviting you to listen in next week for another great star and another fine orchestra on Stars for Defense. A little excerpt from Stars for Defense uh, going back years ago. And civil defense is still very important today. Uh, if you don't realize it, uh, I think we have, there are more weapons pointed our way now than there were back in the 50s. And so that's why you should always be prepared. You never can tell when uh, you may need to defend yourself and defend our country. Alrighty, let us head back 82 years now before World War II, October 10th, 1941, 82 years ago, an episode of Lum and Abner. The makers of Alka-Seltzer bring you Lum and Abner. I wonder how many of you folks who are tuned to Lum and Abner's program now are planning on going out this evening to a movie and refreshments afterwards, a dance or a party with friends. Well, if you are, here's hoping you have a fine time. And we hope, too, that if you have too good a time, if you stay out late and eat or drink unwisely, 
that you remember to take Alka-Seltzer for quick relief for those common after-the-party ailments which frequently follow an evening out. Take Alka-Seltzer for headaches, for acid indigestion, upset stomach, and morning after misery, and you'll feel better fast. Now, some folks like to take Alka-Seltzer before going to bed following a party, while others prefer to take it the next morning. But whether you take it the night before or the morning after, or at both times, if the good time warrants it, be sure to take Alka-Seltzer. Get it at any drugstore, either by the package or by the glass at the soda fountain. And now, let's see what's going on down in Pine Ridge. When Lum discovered the attractive woman he noticed in Pine Ridge yesterday was the new school teacher, he quickly ended his feud with the school board and renewed his interest in the town's educational system. It's late afternoon as we look in on the little community today and we find Abner alone at the store. Lum is just entering. Listen. Where in the world have you been all afternoon? Huh? Oh, uh, been over talking to Ezra Seastrong. Ezra? I thought you and him never got along very well since they made him president of the school board this year. Who, Ezra? Why, he's a fine, upright citizen. I don't know where you could have got an idea like that in your head. Well, you were saying here yesterday what a smart aleck he was and how you never had no use for him. I don't recollect saying no such a thing. And besides, it must have been some other Esri I was thinking about. Who? Why, Esri, uh... Esri... Barnes. Barnes? Yeah, there's a feller named Esri Barnes that lives down at Opal. Yeah, that's the one, that's the one. I hate and despise him. That must have been who I was talking about right there. Ezra Barnes, huh? Yeah, that's his name, uh -huh. yeah. Well, what was you and Ezra Seastrunk talking so long about? Oh, about the school. See, this is his first year being president of the board, and we were just talking about different improvements we want to make on the school this year. Improvements? Yeah, painting up the schoolhouse and fixing up the teacher's desk there. Oh, uh, did you meet the new teacher last night? Oh, yeah. Yeah, heard me just hit it right off together. You did? <laughs> <laughs> Had a long talk with one another. Well, wh what'd you talk about? Oh, I don't know. I told her I was glad to meet her, and she said she was glad to meet me, and I told her I was glad she was in Pine Ridge, and she said she was glad to be here. Well, that's interesting. Everybody being so glad about everything. What else? Oh, that's about all that was said, I reckon. That dead blame Budinsky Esri come over there and started talking, butted in. And Esri Barnes? Esri Barnes? Who's that? Well, that's that fella you hate so bad down there at Opal. Oh, no, no. My friend and chum, Esri Seastrunk. Natural, he had to do a lot of talking, him being president of the board. Yeah. Grannies. She's even prettier than I thought she was. Who, Esri? Oh, the new school teacher, Miss Fredericks. Oh, is that her name? Yeah. Ain't that a pretty name? Fredericks. Yeah, it's all right, I reckon. One of these days, I might change that to Eddards. Oh, Lom. <laughs> Don't you <laughs> never tell her I said that. I ain't gonna tell nobody nothing. Granny, they would have to pick this year to make Esri president of the board. Here, last year, when I was a president, we had that dead blame Professor Harrison teaching. Well, you was the one at Hardy. Yeah, I know it. 
Maybe they was right in taking the job away from me if I ain't got no more sense than that. Here I'd have had a good excuse to go over there to Sister Simpson's every night if I was still president. Sister Simpson's? What in the world do you want to go over there and talk to that old gossip fur? I don't mean to see her. I wouldn't go to a dog fight with that old woman. I mean Miss Fredericks. She's staying over at Sister Simpson's boarding house. Oh, oh, I see, yeah. <laughs> I wondered if you were starting to spark Sister Simpson. <laughs> of course not. Well, I know she's had her cap set for you for years long. Well, she ought to know by now she's wasting her time. I just can't hardly stand her. It's a shame a nice woman like Miss Fredericks has got to stay over at a place like that. We ought to have another boarding house here in this town. Something up to date. Well, Sister Simpson sets a pretty good table on. Yeah, if you can put up with that everlasting talking of hers. I love to see our school teachers made as comfort as possible. You do, huh? Yeah, they come here, perfect strangers. This is their home during the school term, and it's up to us to make them feel welcome. Uh-huh. Everybody ought to make it a point to get better acquainted with her. Well, they're having that sociable over at the schoolhouse tonight so that everybody can meet her long. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know it. That's one of the things me and Esri was talking about a while ago. Well. One of the two of us ought to make a kind of a welcoming speech over there tonight. You had, huh? But I'm feared the way he talked, he's going to want to do it himself. Well, Esri's a pretty good out loud talker, all right. <sighs> Gives the same argument about right living every time he gets on his feet. He's give that same talk at Sunday school every Sunday as far back as I can recollect. Well, don't jump on me about it. I never had nothing to do with it. No. Well, it'll work out all right. I just happened to think I might get him to let me introduce him. Uh-oh. Poor Esri. Huh? Nothing. Nothing. Another thing, somebody ought to go by and get Miss Fredericks and take her over there to the sociable tonight. Don't look right for a stranger in town that way to have to walk all the way over there by herself in the dark. Well, ain't somebody going to go by after? Not that I know of. Oh, well, me and Elizabeth can go by for a long. Oh, that's too much out of your way, Abner. Why, we won't mind. Why, Abner, you live over there by the schoolhouse. You'd have to go clean down to Sister Simpson's boarding house and then all the way back over to the schoolhouse. It ought to be somebody that lives over there by the boarding house, and you know it. Well, you don't need to get so mad about it, Long. Ain't nobody lives over there close. Well, except you and Grandpa Masters. Well, she wouldn't want to go over there with Grandpa Masters. He can't set up that late at his age. Have that ear trumpet stuck right in her face all evening. Yeah. Well, that don't leave nobody but you, does it? Who? You. You live over there, don't you? Oh, my grannies, that's right. You had forgot about that, I think. Well, why don't you bring her over there? Oh, I don't know. I hadn't thought nothing about it. I don't know whether she'd want me to go with her or not. Well, why don't you ask her anyway? Here you's talking about everybody ought to be nice to her. That's right, ain't it? Well, uh, how would you go about it, Abner? Why? Well, just call her up over at Sister Simpson's. School's out by this time. She's more likely there, and just tell her she want to carry her over to the sociable tonight. <laughs> oh, I don't know whether I ought to or not. You know me on the telephone. Why don't you call her? Well, I've got to take Elizabeth, Lom. I mean, uh, ask her to let me take her. 
Well, I'll be dead blame. You're the bashfulest one human I ever seen in my life. Now, if you want to carry her over there, just get up there and call her yourself. That's a fine way to talk. Fine partner you turned out to be, I must say. After all we went through together. Set up with you when you took down sick. Lent you money when you's needing it. Recollect when I when you had the fevers and I come over and I'll set up with you. I'll call her, I'll call her. Well, now, don't do it unless you want to. I, don't I want said to I'd call her and I'll call her. I wish now I'd have died with them fevers. And throwing it up to me ever since he set up with me over there. What's that? I just said, uh, hello, Sister Simpson. Uh, this is Abner Peabody. Oh, tolerably. Uh, you know about that sociable tonight over at the schoolhouse. Yeah, well, Lom, he wanted to take... Huh? No, Mom, I mean... Well, yeah, but I... Yes, Mom, I... Yes, Mom? Yeah, well, I... Uh-huh. All right, I'll tell him. Yes, Mom, I'll tell him. All right. Goodbye, doggies. Oh, what'd she say? Weren't Miss Fredericks there? You're supposed to be over at 7 o'clock sharp. Oh, well, well, how could Sister Simpson tell you what Miss Fredericks will do? Well, that's a trouble, Mom. She never did give me a chance to tell her, and she thinks that you want to take her tonight. Sister Simpson? When I learned there weren't nothing I could do about I'll it. Oh, swan to goodness. Well, you know Sister Simpson, when she starts to talk, she won't let you get a word in edgewise. I tried I to tell I ought to have had more sense than to leave it up to you in the first place. Well, I'm sorry, Lum. I've done the best I know how. If you can't get things in the worst mix-up i ever seen in my life. Well, you're just going to have to call her up and tell her it's a mistake. That's all they are to Oh, her. no, not me. Yes, you, you are. Her. God I blame can't. it. You got me into it. Well, she won't listen to me. I tried to tell you her, You was Lum. the one that made the date with her. I can't call her. I, Granny's, I'll leave town. That's what I'll do. I'll run away from home. Oh. I wouldn't take her over there if she was the last woman in this world. Here I've been planning all day how I could get to take Miss Frederick over there and you've ruined the whole thing uh, in two uh, minutes. That's our ring, I believe. Well, go on and answer it. See how much more trouble you can get into. Hello, got them down store, Abner Peabody talking. Oh, hello, Sister Simpson. Sister Simpson, Lord. Oh, my goodness. Well, tell her I ain't here. Uh, tell her I just broke my leg. Broke your leg? How? I don't care how. Tell her I fell off the front porch. I don't care. Uh, he said he just fell off the porch and broke his leg, Sister Simpson. In two places. Fell off the porch in two places. Broke my leg, idiot. I done told her that. Mom? Oh, just a minute. Are you suffering, Lum? Of course I am. Of course he is. Uh-huh. Oh, well, that's too bad. Well, that's mighty thoughty of you to call. Yes, Mom. All right, I'll tell him. Goodbye. Uh, did you get me out of it all right? Yeah, she said it was all right. She couldn't go no way long. Well, good, good. Said a couple of drummers just now called up, and she's going to have to stay there and fix a late supper for him. She just called up to suggest that you take Miss Frederick instead of her. Miss Frederick? And you told her I had a broke leg? Well, you told me to. Well, I'll be dead blamed. But Sister Simpson said she's sorry you couldn't go, Lom, and said as soon as she gets done with the supper dishes, while well, she'll come over to your place and set up with you for a while. Well, 
We wonder how Lum will get out of this one. I wonder, too, how many of you folks are sure you're getting enough vitamin A and D each day. Well, play safe and make sure of it by taking one-a-day brand vitamin A and D tablets developed and guaranteed by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Now you and every member of your family can make certain you get your normal daily supply of these two important vitamins at a lower cost than ever before. One one-a-day brand vitamin A and D tablet each day is all you need. One tablet a day is all you take. And one penny a day is all it costs. And just listen, each one-a-day tablet contains the same amount of vitamins A and D as are contained in two whole teaspoonful of cod liver oil, meeting minimum United States pharmacopoeia standards. And one-a-day vitamin A and D tablets are mighty pleasant to take, too. No fishy, oily taste or aftertaste. And listen to these amazingly low prices. 30 tablets, 35 cents. 90 tablets, 85 cents. And 180 tablets, only a dollar and 50 cents. Ask your druggist for one-a-day brand vitamin A and D tablets. And say, while you're in his store, better get a package of Alka-Seltzer tablets, too. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Lum and Abner, October 10th, 1941, here on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. Comedies tomorrow with Father Knows Best and uh, The Adventures of Maisie. That's all coming up tomorrow, along with an episode of Claudia. That will all be with us on our next edition. Thanks for joining us on this uh, Tuesday. We'll see you Wednesday. Don't forget ClassicRadio.stream is our web page. You can also hear our shows through the Spreaker app or through Spreaker.com or through our web page, ClassicRadio.stream. And, of course, anywhere podcasts are served. I, I say this again because I want to renew this. YouTube is going to start blocking some of our shows, I got a feeling. So if you're listening on YouTube, uh, best to try to get connected with one of those other places to hear the show. ClassicRadio.stream is our webpage. Thanks for listening and tell your friends the greatest radio shows of all time are right here. Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. Have a great day.